This episode of Sexy Marriage Radio is brought to you by the Sexy Marriage Radio Academy. Are you wondering where the spark went in your sex life? Well, you can ignite it again. Join the Academy, connect with us, connect with other people in the community, and experience results. You can find passion and connection in your marriage again, and you can try it free for 30 days. Go to simplemarriage.net forward slash SMR Academy. You've turned on another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio. Thanks for taking some time out of your day, wherever you are, whatever you do, however you listen. Thanks. And I hope that Christmas was great, that it was spectacularly fun. You got all you wanted and that... uh, No family fights. Exactly. The in-laws didn't hear you having sex. And as we're here in between the time of Christmas and New Year's... um, I hope that as you're looking forward to the new year, uh, you've got some great things coming up, some some plans, some resolutions. Um, Pam and I don't use don't do New Year's resolutions. We actually do uh, a thing I've started following from Chris Brogan called Three Words, which set the stage and the focus for the year. I do one word, by the way. And I have I, to keep it even more simple. I do three. So uh, we set all that up and, and try to help. Uh, frame what, what what our focus is in the coming year. Uh, and one of the things I hope that your focus is, is to continue to be a part of Sexy Marriage Radio and even to maybe take the step of joining the Sexy Marriage Radio Academy or come into the Sexy Marriage Radio getaway in June. Uh, registration will be opening up sometime probably in January is when we'll get that rolling. But um, I love that you guys are around and are involved and have hung through hung through another year with us. Uh, this is Dr. Corey Allen with my wife, Pam, sitting in with me again, um, and we love hearing from you, and you can do that in two different ways. One, you can call us, and we can actually hear your voice, 214-702-9565. The other is email, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Any kind of question, comment, thought, uh, praise, successes, whatever you want to share, we we love to hear it. Uh, we love to know um, that what the message that Sexy Marriage Radio provides is is really impacting and really providing great uh, results for you and your marriage. And because we really do want uh, 2018 for your sex life to just go to a whole new level in your marriage. And that leads us to an email that came in um, a little. It's about a month ago, actually. Okay. That uh, and this is from a members of our academy. That they're as part of the Sex Marriage Radio Academy, and the the question was, um, since you're sitting in right now, is uh, because if you're if you're new to Sex Marriage Radio, um, this is over six years old now that this that this thing's been going on. Amazing. And Gina Paris was my first co-host, and she did about a hundred shows with me, and then there was a little one month or so time in there until Shannon came on board, and then Shannon's has been my co-host for uh, four years. And yeah, then she's been great. For the last uh, quarter of uh, 2017 and into a little bit of 2018, most likely, Shannon's taken some time away just to deal with some life and get some, get her feet under her. Taking a sabbatical. And take a sabbatical. So she's we took this off her plate. Pam's been sitting in for a majority of these times. And so this question came in. Since Pam and I are, uh, we're coming up on 25 years in 2018 for our marriage, which awesome. Yeah. Yeah, um, yes. That she, the question was, uh, for newly or about to be married couples, what are 20 things that you would recommend 
since we've been married for 24 plus years. And so we thought we'd spend a little bit of time on that uh, because this can be uh, just in us talking through this. It's been kind of cool for us to just what are the main things we keep coming back to? What are the main things we keep needing to remember because of how easily the immediate can replace the important? And and that happens a lot yeah, in yeah. married life. It's funny because we, we've sit here talking about these things. And then as we record, I look up on the wall and the family motto that we put together yep. a few years back. And these thing, most of these things end up tying straight into that. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. The very first one I thought of was just keep it simple. Yes. Uh, that has been uh, just the way we have tried to live. If we try and think of whether it be finances or relationship or how we, how we, um, how we do conversations, how we raise our kids, it's just keep it simple. Um, we've talked about, you know, upsizing to a bigger house and things like that. No, cause we don't want that stress. <laughs> we're just keep it simple. We can do a lot of other fun things in life when we're not, um, dealing with maybe the bigger materialistic things that right. this world tries to put in front of us. So yeah, because a lot of times one. I think of it when you're, when you're talking about that concept that married life can be complicated enough uh, Certainly. When you're coming in and you don't really know what it is. I love Schnarch's phrase of nothing prepares you for marriage, but marriage. That there are lots of aspects of this journey together as husband and wife. You got no clue what you're getting into till you're in it. It's it's just like parenting. Oh, I mean, yeah. When yeah, we yeah. had our firstborn, we waited 12 years before we started our family with, with the children. And when we had our firstborn, I was finishing up my doctorate, and so I would consider myself a fairly educated man because part of what I went through with the family therapy degree had children components and child psychology, some of that kind of stuff, child development in, in it, and there was still an element of when we got home and we sat the uh, car seat down in the middle of the living room, we looked at each other and I said, what do we do now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I didn't so, know what to say. When it, so it became, well, I'm hungry. You want to go get a sandwich? Yes, let's go make a sandwich. And that's how we started as parents. But So there is an element of just understanding a lot of what we do in marriage, we're not prepared for. It's it's on-the-job training. Okay, so that goes right in to my next one. Go. Be flexible. Yes. Okay, because life changes and we change Whatever yes. expectations that you have going into marriage, they're going to be shot out of the water. Again, our <laughs> definition of expectations, planned disappointments. Yes, right? indeed. So, so be flexible and, and know that life's going to change. I, I think of this with my, my kids because sometimes change comes, sometimes it's sudden, and sometimes it just creeps up on you and you don't realize it until a year later. And I just think of my kids as they grow and all of a sudden they come in one day and this pair of pants that I bought him is now three inch high waters on him. Yep. And at what point did they grow and those pants didn't fit him anymore? Because I remember when they used to swallow him. Yep. Well, our us as adults, as a married couple, things in us change as we, you know, when we're newlyweds and maybe maybe it was right out of college 
and then you go into work life, there's a big transition there. There's a lot of growing up that goes on. Um, and, and so we've got to just live a life that is flexible. It, it is, and that fits. Um, so that's a very practical layman terminology that Pam uses. Um, the psychobabble side of it, the way my mind goes. Okay, bring is, it, doctor. Is the idea of just personal responsibility and knowing that I'm responsible for me because the, the truism that comes to my mind on flexibility is those that can't control themselves seek to control everything around them. And when you're not flexible, you're, you're just a control freak about everything in your environment. And so one of the things I think marriage teaches us, and parenting is a close second, is how do I just learn to control and handle myself better? How do I learn to, I got to soothe my emotions. My, my partner is not there to do that for me. You know, so if I can see this through the lens of, there's something else at play in marriage that's going on that's really designed just to help me get better, and that would be the one I would add as a third one that we're going through this list. We're not going to hit 20, is my guess, but we'll see. We'll try. Um, but it's the third one would be marriage is designed to help us grow up, and I think that's the purpose of it. And so if I can keep that in mind, now maybe all of a sudden I recognize that maybe I do need to learn to be flexible. Maybe I need to learn to mature. Maybe I need to learn to let go of some of the things that you, I used to think were important because they're not anymore, and this is. And, and that's just the evolution of how we evolve as people, that a marriage that's really good is a people-growing machine, that it just makes us better human beings when we're in a good relationship because I start to see my partner as somebody not to complete me, no thank you, Jerry Maguire, but I see my partner as something to help uh, be a mirror of the areas I need to refine and I need to grow and deal with better. And I don't just accept expect them to uh, swallow it. I expect that that's what marriage is designed to do. I mean, I love the phrase that, um, I don't even remember where I heard this from, but it's the idea that when we go into marriage, uh, everybody typically has the vows up for better and for worse. And the idea is that's kind of unspoken in that is there will be as little worse as possible because I'm working on that. I'm, I'm getting better, right? And then as we get further into marriage and now we got some tension and some dislike and some frustration going on between us, I can flip that and say, no, 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 you said for better or for worse. This is my worst. You said you would take it. And it's <laughs> just accept it. Right. And so it's <laughs> like, no, wait, hold on. It's how do I start to see this as. This, there's a process at play here. This is not a romanticized view of marriage at Sexy Marriage Radio here. We don't, we don't, we don't buy into that. That I believe marriage is designed for our own development, period. It's self-development boot camp. Happiness, love, joy, passion, intimacy, those hopefully come along with it, but that's not the purpose of it in my book. It's, I think God, it's a God-designed thing to help us create character and wisdom. And what better way to do it than put us with somebody that we love and is going to drive us crazy. <laughs> and hopefully <laughs> hopefully drives us to want to have more wisdom and better character. Yes, exactly. But it's seeing this as too often we, I mean, I, the married couples that come into my office and that I work with online, a lot of times will think, well, there's something majorly wrong with my relationship because this wouldn't be happening otherwise. And I would sit here and say, no. 
You're you're welcome to normal marriage. Yeah, you're right on track. Yeah, you guys are doing great. What's the problem? <laughs> so now how do we deal with that? That's the issue. So that's one. The other one that comes to my mind is um, that this was somebody that came from my mastermind group. I love this phraseology that he just made the comment of, be sure you take the long look, that marriage is a long game, that, that we're in this for the long haul. And so far too often... I can get caught up in, um, I just have a view of the short term, that it's it's too simplistic in the sense of it's too unrealistic because I'm not seeing it for the entirety of what this relationship is. I only see it for the short term gain. And when that's not met, I erupt and I go crazy or I pout or all these variety of different ways we can respond. And so be sure to see this as this is a long game. This is a a long haul process. So, yeah. So I'm thinking of this on the retirement perspective as a comparison. Okay. Right. So a lot of us on the financial front, maybe not when we're six months newlywed and we maybe don't have much money coming in at that point, but we think of retirement and we plan for it. And maybe, maybe some of us meet with a financial planner and say, what do we need to be able to retire at some point? And we plan. Right. There's planning, there's budgeting involved. So early on in marriage, maybe what are your dr- some of your dreams? Sit down with your spouse and talking about those dreams, thinking about the long game and thinking about what's ahead. Yeah. What are some of your dreams that maybe we... I didn't even know about, or we want to try and fulfill together. Yeah. And also recognizing back to your second point of flexibility, that those dreams are going to evolve. Yeah. Life changes may hit us. And and so this is one of those things that you and I have kind of stumbled upon this, I think, Pam. Um, I don't know how much intentionality it happened, but it seems like every year when we have an anniversary in May, and we get usually one evening if we don't do a trip or something over it, but... We'll do an evening of a date night, and typically that conversation gets into how was the year, you know, what's the areas you're wanting to grow in, what's the areas I want to grow in, or it's all, we don't call each other out on those things. It's kind of self-awareness and self, yeah. self-driven, but there's also an element of um, where are we going? What do you see coming up? Um, what, what, are, what are your hopes for this next year? And that's a chance to kind of redefine and adjust because there could be times where it's like, wait, I thought that this was where we were heading the last four. No, I've kind of grown past that now. I think I want to shift it towards whatever. And, you know, and I think it's just having some intentionality. Um, of it, the easiest thing to think of this is have some regular state of the union conversations. Yeah. Where you just get a chance to both sit down and not necessarily blank slate it, but just kind of confront it again from where you stand at that moment. Yeah in your life. Cause I think that could be very, very good and helpful. Yeah. All right. So another one that I think is vitally important, and this is just one of the things that sexy marriage radio, I think has helped uh, get out to a larger level. The phrase actually comes from Dr. Schnarch. Um, and he's the one that kind of captured this as far as what I've was first introduced to it. And that's the whole concept of a higher desire versus a lower desire that, there is always one and, and on both sides in every marriage. That There's, there's going to be both in every relationship. I stumbled all over that one. So for every topic, really, right. in marriage, you're talking about sex, which is the main point of this podcast, right? But 
uh, for all intents and purposes on this topic, it's how often the toilet gets cleaned or <laughs> yep. the sheets get washed yep. or where we spend our money yep. or one of you is going to want have something more than the other that I just, I don't believe in match desires. I don't believe that, um, we have the same level that one person always wants it more than another. And that difference most often wreaks havoc in relationships. And we're not even aware of why, because we see that difference as a threat. We see that difference as, well, you don't want to have sex as much as I do. So that means you don't even want it at all rather. you know, So you don't even want me. So why are we even together rather than no, it's just I have a different desire level in it. Doesn't mean I won't necessarily participate in it more, closer to what your level is, but it doesn't mean I don't. It just means I don't have the desire for it like you do. And I think having that framework is vitally important, especially for a newlywed or newer in a relationship, because it helps you at least get a, an aspect of okay, which role am I? Okay, so I'm the lower desire on this. Because we actually even say this, Pam, you and I will be like, you know what? I'm the lower desire on this, so you're going to have to lead the charge. Yeah, because I just really don't care. On this topic. And so it's like, okay, I get it, because the higher desire is going to have to probably lead the charge a little bit more. And I think that that's important to know. That at least, if nothing else, it gives you context to have the conversations. Yeah, I think it can temper some what could be uh, tough conversations, what could it otherwise could be fights, but you kind of temper it to just have a wider understanding that low versus high, it's okay because it's on this situation. Maybe you don't care, and I'm the high desire. The next situation, it's going to be flip flop. Right. So maybe I can see it from that perspective. Right. And those those topics, the the position we take on topics can change as the relationship evolves too. Be flexible. We come back to point number two. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! There we go. So it's just seeing it. I think that that's good counsel to know and be aware of. Okay, hold on, because I've heard from a lot of different couples um, that have said just learning this has totally lessened some of the tension in I their can relationship. See that. Because now all of a sudden it's not right or wrong. Because the high desire is not right, nor so is the right, the low desire. So it's just seeing it as we're we're just we're we're points on a continuum in a relationship and it's always based on comparison to who you're with. So it's just important to know how do I play my role well? And that goes back to the idea we just mentioned earlier of marriage is designed to help us grow up. That's how it does it. Okay. It challenges us. Okay, this is one you had mentioned when we were talking earlier of the importance of vacations. Yeah, that's that's a big one on my list. We didn't learn this till far too. We missed a lot of opportunity. <laughs> yeah, we were clueless. <laughs> Our vacations early on were to go see family. <laughs> go see family. Five years in, we realized, oh, what do we, we do? can yeah. we can go somewhere and not go see family. Yeah. So, uh, and this this really struck home. Uh, with me this summer, this has always been a, a big deal in our marriage. Well, at, since five years in, so, you know, right. 20 years now, right? Um, we always make it a point to get away at least once a year. And it's been, it's great with the kids. Yes. We love, I mean, we have times we get away just the two of us, but it's important for us to get away as a family and regenerate and enjoy and have an adventure and have some sort of journey. 
and I've gotten to take taking that for granted. And we, we got away with some family members this summer who have not done that. That has not been a priority for them and for them to get away and their reaction to, wow, why (laughs) have we not been been doing this? This has just been one of the best weeks ever for our family. They've been married 17 years, you know, their oldest is 13. And it was just such an impactful time to be away and have that focus time. Yep. Um, I, I just, I can't say enough about how I think, how important I think it is to just get away. Yeah. It's take, taking breaks from your normal routine is vital importance because I think it helps the brain recharge. It helps the system reconnect and establish and, and spark some things it can add some novelty and i think you can even go a little deeper in that concept of what you alluded to the importance of family vacations but it's also the importance of a vacation just the two of you for the marriage yeah i think that's really important that you have some times where you do truly get away just together even if it's just for a minimum of an overnight at a hotel or something just just go do something just the two of you because another point that I think is important, and this isn't for newlyweds, if you if kids are uh, shortly coming, then this fits. But if not, whenever they do come, I think uh, a priority is make sure you maintain the priority of the marriage over the children, not the other way around. Yeah. Because we live in a child-centric world, and that's largely based on the generation we were raised in, that we were forgotten if you will, as children, be seen, not be seen, not be heard, right. <laughs> either one. And so the overreaction is, oh, well, I'll just make sure my kids totally know I'm engaged in their world. And so it becomes child-centric, and the marriages suffer that way. And so I think it's in vital importance to make sure the kids know by the way you live and the way you act that the marriage is a priority, that you close the door for conversations that need to be had and you don't allow interruptions or you don't allow interruptions if you're at the table and they're trying to say something and you're in the midst of a conversation with your spouse, you say, hold on, I'm talking with my spouse. You know, I'm talking with my wife or my, my husband. You could wait a moment. Yeah, that it, makes a statement to it, the kids. It really does. And it really kind of leaves a legacy of uh, for the kids of how important a marriage should be. Yeah. That just carries over to them, I think, in... As they're looking at their family of origin and going into their own marriages. Yeah. And I think an addendum to that component or that this point is it's also vital importance to make sure I'm maintaining myself too, that I have some aspects of self-care and um, self-responsibility and doing the things that really do stir my heart and my soul. Um, I, I think of it through this kind of uh, metaphor that... One of my goals as a human that's in a relationship with another human is to create a great cake of life for myself, and then my marriage is the icing on that cake. It's not the cake itself. I love that example. Because if, if, it's, if I flip that, now we're talking codependency. <laughs> now we're talking fusion. We're talking too much smothering, okay. and that erupts and causes all kinds of problems. But if I can keep it right then I'm doing the things that really do edify me and keep me energized. And my marriage is a, is a huge layer to that. And it's an important layer, but it's not the bulk of it. And I think that ebbs and flows. There can be times where you've got major, I mean, tax season is one of the issues in our world because that means roles shift dramatically yeah. because of what you do. But 
it it shifts back. And so I think there are times where I can think of a family sickness or you know parent parental issues that can come up for anybody that's in a marriage that's like, okay, hold on. I'm going to shift it to where some of my self-care gets pushed aside because I need to take care of the relationship and, and run the, do the 90% for a little while. And she'll do the 10 or he'll do the 10. And then you're just going to switch that back later. And that's okay. I think that happens. But it's just awareness of, of knowing the importance of this, that if I don't care for me, no one will. Self-care is health care. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thank you for our little quick commercial. You're welcome. Um, and so... Uh, another one that I think of, and this is probably a good one to kind of land on. No, I have another one. Oh, well, then I'm going to let you go. I was okay, kind of I'm reading you waiting to see if so you're going to butt in. Just because it's toward the end of the show doesn't mean it's less important Absolutely. than the others. Praying together. If you're believers, praying together is so is so important. Yes. And it may, it may not be that you do that every day. I mean, we try and do that at the kitchen table. We still do it with the kids, and they're 10 and 12. Um, at night, but it's important to share that time together. Yes. Um, especially when there's something, maybe you don't do it every day, but certainly when there's something big, sometimes it can be scary to ask someone to pray with you. Uh huh. Even your spouse. <laughs> Absolutely. That, that can be, oh, you know what? My heart's racing a little bit. Just, just thinking about talking about praying together, but that's a, a bond, a spiritual aspect of life. We've got to make sure that that spiritual aspect stays the center of the marriage. Yep. Uh, it, certainly, if you're a believer, there's some out there that are, that are listening that aren't. Right. Um, but for those that are, that is, uh, grows, your, grows your marriage so much deeper, um, brings a, a closer bond. I mean, you've shared, even if you're having issues in the middle of sex, you know, and maybe something's trying to creep in that shouldn't be creeping in or you're disengaging or whatever. Hey, let's pray about it. Yeah. Let's ask the Lord to come in here and, and guide us through this. Yep. There's there's nothing that we can't pray about, right? Right. That it's all He knows there. it all anyway. He knows it all. That's what we're called to do. <laughs> right. So I think that's an important aspect to bring together. I think that's an incredibly important one, and that, that ties really well with the self-care kind of mentality because now we're talking about our our whole being the spiritual aspects of us too not, yeah and so i think all of that is vitally important so and then the last one i would think of um i don't even know what number we're on so whatever number this one is is what it is um is there's a huge difference between being wanted versus being needed oh my goodness yes there is and a lot of times um when this plays out as you get further into married life, I think what we do, and those of you that are listening and are well into the married life, I'm curious, uh, tell me if I'm off base or how this plays out in your world. Feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Um, that when the need seems to be easier to, to demonstrate rather than wanting, because it's that idea of if I don't feel wanted, I'll settle for being needed. Mm. And need doesn't satisfy like wanting does. No. And so it's learning how do I create a life? This goes back to the cake of life kind of mindset of I'm creating enough of, of my own sustenance in life, if you will, that I don't need another person, but I want them. There, there are times in life, yes, where I'm going to need them. 
I think of that if you talk about just the, the development of us as human beings. An infant needs a parent. Let's give you more specific. A mother. An infant has to have a mother or they die. Yes. And so it's recognizing, but if I still operate as an adult, like an infant with my need, people are pushing that away and I don't even realize why. Mm. And so it's seeing this as I want to be wanted. I think that's what everybody has as a fundamental drive in us as humans is I want to be wanted. But the struggle and the risk and the fear is for me to be wanted, I have to present something worth wanting. I can't make somebody want it. I can make somebody need me. <laughs> That's by controlling enough of the scenarios that they can't get away from me. <laughs> but I can't make them want me. You're making the newlyweds head spin out there right now going, <laughs> I'm what? seeing deer in the headlights. What is he saying? <laughs> I get it. I get it. But this will make sense. Trust me. This this comes along the same lines when you around that same time when you wake up one morning wondering, Huh, I wonder if I married the wrong person, <laughs> or I wonder why that person's in my bed. Who are they? This is somebody completely different than I married. Now, all of a sudden, we're talking about what we're talking about. Yes. Because this is when you're getting into the deeper weeds of what married life really is that we don't know about until we get in it. But I think if I can start to see this as how am I living a life worth wanting? The other question to easily ask yourself, I ask myself this regularly is would I want to be married to me? And I think that's a great question. Even as a newlywed, that's a great question. If you've got some things that you are, that you've heard that have helped your world in your married life, if you're well into the game or you're just new and you're just, and you've heard it and you're like, man, that just seems so true. We'd love to know. Feedback at sexymarriageradio.com or even better, call us 214-702-9565. And we could share those throughout the beginning of 2018. So, I can't say thank you enough to our listeners and to our audience for this year, that it's just been a great, great year. Yeah, and there's I'm, been a lot going on this year. We appreciate all the feedback everybody's given as there's been changes here and there. Yep. Thank you so much. And I can't wait to see what's coming up. And so I hope that you'll spend it with us. So wherever you are and whatever you're doing, I hope that it leads to better connection and keeping it simple. I mean, I think that might be a great way just to kind of wrap this whole thing yep. up. Yep. Happy so, New Year. Happy New Year, and we'll see you next time.